Women Taking the Lead, episode 159. There will be times where all of a sudden you find yourself getting kind of higher and higher up and all of a sudden you, you're that newbie phase and now you're all of a sudden leading the group. And it's great to be a leader and it's great to be in all of those stages, but understand that when you become a leader in a group, that means you still need to find another room to be participating because you don't always want to be at the top. You need to have other people in front of you, where you want to be, where you want to go, and really just somebody that you can aspire to become. So get out of that room if you're the smartest person in there and really make sure that you're leveling up, getting out of your comfort zone and just, you know, bringing in more knowledge, more expertise into your, your area. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Stacey Tushel, who is an entrepreneur and business performance strategist. She started her first business in her parents' backyard at the age of 18 and turned that company into a seven-figure business. She is the author of the book, Is Your Business Worth Saving?, where she reveals proven strategies for pulling entrepreneurs out of a rut and launching them towards business success. And she's the host of the top rated podcast, Business Rescue Roadmap. Stacey, thank you for being here with us. And that's just a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Oh, well, Jody. first, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. And um, humbled beginnings, yes. So I don't know how much more humbled you can get when you start in your parents' backyard (laughs) for free. (laughs) Um, I offered free dance classes because I had just graduated high school. I loved being on the dance team, all things dance. And I selfishly wanted to continue my dance career. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to start this middle school dance team. You know, I don't have any money to invest in. So we're just going to start for fun, for free, and we'll do it right in my parents' backyard. And how crazy for that passion to turn into a real business, you know, a profitable business where we're earning an income, we're making a huge impact in our community, on these children and the families. And it's just been such a whirlwind. But um, I mean, to, to start something just because you love it is just the best way to go into business because you know that you're going to be really sticking it out and going through all of those ups and downs as things come your way in entrepreneurial world as they always do. So um, it has been really, really great. But, you know, we started with 17 kids doing it for fun. And within three years, we grew it to about 100 people. It was just me still. And then one of the dance moms said to me, you know, I really think you should start charging us. This this program's amazing. We love it. We love what you're doing for the kids and we feel that we should be giving you something for your time. And that is how my biz my passion kind of snowballed into a business and at the age of 21 I incorporated and actually started going, okay, this is going to be what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Oh my goodness, that is humble to have done that for a few years for free. Yes. <laughs> but that's amazing because you started with something you loved and you inspired the community so much and you were so passionate about it that people wanted to pay you mm, yeah. for what you were doing. Big Go lesson ahead. there, I think, with um, knowing that you're giving so much value that people are willing to pay for your services. So it was, it was really cool and so amazing. I was going to college at the time. I was getting a business degree. Never did I see any of this happening. It was really just this side hobby that I was doing for fun and how incredible that I got to take my passion and really build a business with it. 
Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it really looks like that where, you, you know, someone will say you should charge for that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we want to charge for that. Or even I've seen in businesses and I've done this with my clients, too, where they're offering a service and their clients give them feedback that, wow, you're way undercharging. Yes. you got to listen to that feedback. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. I mean, and I'll I'll be given a service and they'll throw in things for free. And I'm just like, whoa, this is so much. You're doing so much more than everybody else is doing with this incredible value. And you feel like you do need to go above and beyond and pay them more. So yeah, it absolutely happens all the time. Love that. And you know, you've clearly had success, you know, in your life to take that, like what was just like something for fun in the backyard, turning it into a seven figure biggest business. And I know you've gone on to do even more, but I always love to level the playing field at this point. So everyone listening really connects with you because I think one of the common denominators in the human experience is the playing small moments, those moments when we don't realize how much we're capable of. And so we hold ourselves back. So Stacey, share with us your own playing small story and the lessons you've learned from it? Well, for me, it was staying in industry-specific events and seminars. So I absolutely definitely see the value in learning from your industry. But know that if you want to, you know, if you want your business to be different and not just better than your competitor, you really need that out-of-the-box thinking. And that can happen at events outside of your industry. So for me, I was really staying in the dance studio world and I was learning so much and doing great, but I think I should have stepped out of that comfort zone a little bit sooner and attended, you know, social media related events that had nothing to do with the dance world to really help me break out of my shell and become way different than my competitors. So I think that's when I realized my first ever outside of the box, outside of my industry event that I attended, I really went, whoa, I've been missing out. I have not been in this world and I I should have been doing that much, much sooner. So for me, I am really making sure the lesson learned there is to just kind of step out of your comfort zone. Don't go to the same conferences that you always go to and sit next to the same people you always sit next to. Really branch out and and really start to look at your business as a real business because I think my mindset was always saying, well, I'm just a dance studio. I, I'm just doing this for fun. I'm not really making it a real business. And if I would have switched a little bit sooner into realizing what I had here on my hands, I think my business would have just skyrocketed even faster. Oh my gosh, you're absolutely right. I had this isn't the first time I've heard it. And there was it was a part of a book. I wish I could remember the book. I think it might have been Mastery with Robert Greene, where he talked about how you really need to pursue other interests as well, not yeah. just your industry specific interests, because it's oftentimes connecting things or incorporating ideas that are big in another industry can strengthen your own or do exactly what you talked about, make your approach unique. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's the big part is, is that being, it being unique. You know, when you're copying industry standards and everybody's doing the same thing and you come out with something that nobody's seen of or heard of, but it's very common in a different industry, you really look like you're on the cutting edge and people always want to be with the business who's always bringing, you know, the first, getting it out there, the first and, and, um, and beating everybody else really to the punch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And Stacy, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake up call or a light bulb moment. You know, for some people, it's an instantaneous and for others, it's a slow awakening. But there is always a moment where you're ready to take action. So tell us about your wake up call and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. 
Yeah. Well, great question, Jody. So for me, I think it's kind of that imposter syndrome that I was kind of just talking about where it can really hurt our potential. And with my brick and mortar, I had reached this level of success that I had never dreamed of, never thought would happen. And all of a sudden people wanted my expertise and my knowledge. You know, could I pick your brain? Can I take you to lunch? And so, you know, I decided again, okay, maybe I have another business here. And I was still so afraid though to be vocal about it and come out and say, Hey everybody, I'm, I'm doing this new business. I'm coaching other entrepreneurs. And the only reason I set up my Facebook fan page was because somebody I was working with, one of the contractors that I was outsourcing to said, Hey, I really need you to have this Facebook page up and running by the end of the week. And I'm not even kidding. I was so nervous to go out there and be public with it. And when I did it, you know, just within a few months, I had thousands of fans. And now I look back and realize that those scary moments that you don't want to do, those are the things that you have to do if you want to experience the success that you're really hoping for. And usually when it feels that way, that nervous feeling, that scary feeling, it's because there's something really great on the other side of it and you just have to go for it. Absolutely. I love the expression, life occurs at the edge of your comfort zone. Yes. And I 100% agree with that. Mm -hmm. And my own experience has been whenever I get that nervous feeling like, uh, I want to say no, but I know I need to say yes. <laughs> that for me is a signal. I need to do this. This is important yeah, for um, sure. because I wouldn't be scared unless it was true. And I do know that for sure that, you know, if I want things to change, if I want to grow, if I want to get better, if I want to experience everything that's possible, I have to get comfortable with being a little uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you're right. And it's so funny because you're thinking, well, okay, well now she's been doing this for so long, so she must be comfortable. Well, recently I just had an interview air on EO Fire. And after that, I had a lot of different people co contacting me, calling me. And one of the people that reached out was somebody with a local news channel that wanted me to come locally and, um, you know, get interviewed on air. And it was that to me, it was almost scarier than being in front of shows that have just millions of people nationwide because now it's your hometown. It's this local, <laughs> everybody has those expectations. So I think I have to realize that I'm never going to get out of that feeling of being out of my comfort zone and, and having that uncomfortableness, but, but that's just part of, of the success that I'm, I'm heading towards too, is, is always needing to push myself and stretch myself a little bit further. Mm -hmm. There's always the next thing, which yeah, is so great. Absolutely. <laughs> and Stacey, you know, what I always want people to really understand and embrace is there's no one way to lead. I think oftentimes if that's where we get tripped up, we see someone who's a great leader and we try to take on their style, like exactly the way that person would do it. But we're all different. We're fashioned differently. We have different strengths, personality types, experiences. And so that's going to come out in our natural leadership style. And it's great. So Stacey, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, leadership is something that I'm constantly working on. You know, we're, none of us are perfect and it's just something that we really need to make sure we understand that it, it might not come natural to us either. We really need to learn and grow and um, continue to be better and better. But for me, one of the big things, I want to make sure that my staff knows that I really appreciate and value them for what they're doing for my business and not just have it be about my business, but it's our business. You know, we're a team and we are always really encouraging them to work on their professional development because that's big for me. I'm always growing myself and I want my team to grow themselves too. So one of the things that we do with our team is we give them an allowance or a credit every year where they can go and choose 
what they want to attend and anything. It just as long as it's in their field for professional development. And then we also will say, besides that, we will, we're going to this event and anybody who wants to come, you know, this is paid for by us. We're really hoping that you want to come and, and grow yourself in this specific area. So when my team is constantly growing themselves and becoming better and better at their specific skills, it is just so amazing to watch as that leader and to really have them lead too. You know, I'm teaching, I'm leading leaders. I'm, I'm having them help me lead this company. And it's just been really amazing to see them kind of take over and really be in charge and make this feel like their business too. And that's absolutely a win-win because as much as people say they don't like change and, you know, like there's some person, not everyone is like that. Some people want to like, just be like, this is my area of expertise. I want to stay here. But even those people will grow discontent if they're not adding to their skills and building their resume and contributing in new ways. And as a business owner, like you get the benefit of all of those skills and the growth and the expertise. And so it's a, it's a perfect win-win, but like you said, you have to make time for it and you, and you have to talk about it. Right. Well, and not everybody, I always hear people go, well, what if they leave you and you've just, you know, trained them how to do all of these things specifically? Well, first of all, in my business, there are so many different departments and so many different um, areas of expertise that mostly they're trained in one area. So it's not like they're going to leave and start their own business and have all of this information. They're really an expert in their specific area. So I'm not afraid about them leaving me. But what I'm trying to do is just really empower them and have this community. And when you do that and invest in them, they want to invest back in you. So I think that's just a win-win in general. Yeah, absolutely. And Cece, the next couple of questions, I kind of switched around because I want to lead with the positive and then talk about what your challenges are. Okay. So firstly, what I'm really interested in, I know everyone gets excited to hear this part, is the one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us. Well, I have a free Facebook community called Level Up. And what this is, is just basically, it it was another reason for me to kind of start something, but I'm always looking to level up my business, be around like-minded people, entrepreneurs, people looking to get in the business to be inspired. So I created this group for people just to have a place to go, a safe place to ask questions and get support and give feedback to other people. And and, um, entrepreneurs, we really just get each other. So that was one of my things where I wanted this group of people to come together. So that by far is one of my favorite things. Um, I do have a level up group group coaching program that's on top of that. But really, most of my people start in the community and then get to know everybody and see what we're all about. And then I really dive in deep and work with certain people in that group on their businesses. Mm-hmm. That's great. Because I know there's there's all, everyone's at a different place. Some yes. people just want the community, just mm-hmm. want the conversation. And then some people are like, no, I want the handholding. I yes. want you to hold me accountable. <laughs> I want to be driven. And so that's great. You're providing services for people wherever they are. You can meet them. That's perfect. Yeah, I mean, they're, everybody's in a different stage. So so not yeah. everybody is right for just the community or not everybody's right for just the group coaching program. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Different stages need different things. Absolutely. And so on the flip side of things, what is the biggest leadership or business challenge you're faced with right now? Um, For me, this happens a lot. It's kind of a recurring cycle and I try to stay ahead of the game, but it's usually needing to 
higher very quickly because of the growth of my businesses. So I'm always working on focusing on marketing and growth and really trying to build my brands. But when that happens, you need to very quickly hire on new people so that you can um, stay ahead of that curve and make sure that you can manage the growth. So for me, this is happening right now too with my online business. I've gone through this already with my brick and mortar, um, but it's always trying to hire ahead knowing it's coming versus, okay, I need it. I need to hurry and hire somebody. And you're almost in that desperate mode. So I try to beat that and know that I'm not desperate. I just know I need it very soon and I'm hiring more and more team members. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know a lot of people like that's a scary place for them to be because the fear is always I'm going to hire somebody and then my business is going to drop off, you know, or sales are going to decrease. But you're absolutely right. When you hire somebody ahead of time and get them up to speed, it actually allows you as the business owner to be more visible, to do more marketing. And then you find the sales are coming in. Right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you have to spend the money to really have it come back to you when we're talking about employees, but it does every time. If you're hiring the right people and giving them the right tasks so you can focus on what you're supposed to be doing, the money always comes back to you. Mm-hmm. I rarely hear anyone say like, I shouldn't have hired that extra person <laughs> on because we didn't have enough work for them. More than more often than not, what I hear was, I wish I'd done it sooner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be- because the business did come. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. So, Stacey, you are doing a lot right now. And, you know, the the women who are listening to this podcast, they often ask me, like, how is she doing it? You know, like, because there was a certain point where I didn't ask my guests the next question I'm going to ask you. And so people would reach out to me and be like, she's doing so much. How is it even possible? Like, I feel demotivated because I could never, like, work at that pace. And it was always like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, rarely really almost never is anyone doing it on their own. And you've already mentioned your team. So if you could just give us an overview of the people you have around you that make it possible for you to sustain and expand your current level of success. Yeah, this is a great question. I think people need to hear this and know the backstory too of every different business. But so for me, I do have about 40 employees. It is sounds like a large team, but know that some are just part-time. I do have an administrative staff that is full-time, and those are the ones that really help run and oversee everything. So that number can be really scary, especially when you do, don't have an employee yet, you're a solopreneur, you're thinking about getting started. Just know that I started by myself. And I hired one person at a time. You know, you you hire as you're growing. So it's just that one step here, one step there. And when I feel like, okay, we're starting to get overwhelmed again, you know, we're bringing somebody else on. So it, it is a slow process to bring on all of those types of people. But I, I do have uh, my, my brick and mortar, my dance studios. I have two locations. Those are, I still own them. They're um, 11 years old since we incorporated. And um, I am... I am never in the building. I work on my business, not in it. So I really delegate to those 40 employees and they help me run the business. So it seems like, how can she be doing all of this? But I have such an incredible team. And then with my online business, um, I only have one employee who's actually a real employee on payroll, but everybody else is outsourced. So they're a contractor. We hired a company specifically to outsource things. But I am just, I am a very big delegator. Um, not something that naturally came to me right away, but I realized I needed to be good at it if I wanted to grow my business. So, I mean, everything is delegated. When I'm talking about podcasts, um, I have my own show and when I record, that's all I do is record. And after I hit stop, it goes into a Dropbox folder and all of a sudden it's just taken over by somebody else who 
edits it and promotes it and gets the graphic for social media and puts it up on iTunes. And so, so yes, it seems like I'm doing a lot, but I'm really only doing the things that matter the most. And then I outsource all of the other stuff that needs to get done. Mm -hmm. Making sure everybody's trained and everyone's got what they need and that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's why you're not in the building, but you are having conversations with the people who are in the building. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So important. All right, Cece, now we're heading into a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? Well, with not being physically in a brick and mortar and having those employees, I rarely get to see some of them. So what I do is I have this popsicle stick method. I have two mason jars. All the popsicle sticks are in one jar at the beginning of the month. They have names of my employees on the sticks. And every time I reach out to somebody, I kind of transfer one employee to the next jar. And my goal is to get through those sticks every single month. Every single employee needs to be touched out, reached out to, you know, how's everything going? How's it going this year? What's, what's happening? What do you need for me that that they need to feel that support. So that has been big for me is to make sure that every employee is getting attention from me. Mm-hmm. And nobody falls through the cracks because you've Correct. got pop, pop, visible popsicle sticks on your desk reminding you yes. they and need your attention. It's so funny because at the end of the month, it's usually the same popsicle sticks left over just because, you know, you may not see them as often or it just might not, your schedules might not mash or um, maybe you have a little bit less in common. You know, I have, um, I'm a mom and I'm, you know, in my thirties now and maybe I have an 18 year old male hip hop teacher that we just don't have that much in common. So, you know, you want to make sure that no matter matter who it is or what they're doing. You hire them for a reason. You want them to stick around. They're a great value for your your business. And you want to make sure you're engaged and they have all the support they need. I love that. Okay. And what is one book you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I love the book from John Maxwell. It's called Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. And that was just a game changer for me. Tell me about that book, Good Good Leaders Ask Great Questions. Yes. Okay. So the book has... Well, first of all, I actually saw John, um, I wasn't live, but it was one of those live broadcasts where you could go somewhere locally and watch him on stage speak about this. So it just really reeled me in. And after that, I just dove headfirst into this book. But it's, um, there's one, my biggest takeaway is these learning lunches where he has these seven questions. You go ask a mentor, you know, can I sit down with you, take you to lunch? Maybe you just do it through email and you ask them these seven questions. And it's just, it's incredible. The book alone is just worth getting for those seven questions. And it's just a great way to level up and reach out to people that are doing amazing things in your area that you can learn from because really truly successful people I have found love to share and they will do so and give give back because they're just that generous. Mm-hmm. And there's a craft to asking questions that mm-hmm. I love. This is an area I can absolutely geek out on because it is sometimes it's in the power of the question you ask that gives you the answer that you need. And so I, I'm putting this book on my list. Yeah. And the, the last question is really interesting. The last question you're supposed to ask your mentor or whoever you're following is, how can I be of value to you? Which yes. is such a great question to ask a mentor because you, you undervalue yourself. So you think there's no way you could value them, but there's always an answer that a mentor can give back. So I think that's such a great question. That is a perfect question. I love that. Mm-hmm. And Stacy, what advice would you give your younger self speaking of mentorship? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would tell myself 
you are the average of the five people you hang around. And I, I would tell myself to increase it, you know, get that average up higher. And I didn't start to learn that for a few years in, you know, the first four years of my business, I was a college student. I wasn't hanging out with these successful entrepreneurs and learning from those people. And that's what I would, I should have done. I should have been immediately finding groups with other entrepreneurs, no matter what my age or um, anything. I, I should have just been there, been surrounding myself with those people. And I know my business would be at a completely different level if I would have done that sooner. It's so true. I'm much more aware of yes. who I spend time with, give time to. I mean, I always want to help people. You know, we're not talking about when you're helping people. It's like who you're surrounding yourself with when you are doing personal development, professional development, like who is going to inspire you and challenge you to grow. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. And now if you could share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, it kind of ties into what we just talked about, but I love the phrase, don't be the smartest person in the room. <laughs> and there will be times where you start as a newbie and all of a sudden you find yourself getting kind of higher and higher up and all of a sudden you, you're, you're that newbie phase and now you're all of a sudden leading the group. And it's great to be a leader and it's great to be in all of those stages, but understand that when you become a leader in a group, that means you still need to find another room to be participating because you don't always want to be at the top. You need to have other people in front of you where you want to be, where you want to go, and really just somebody that you can aspire to become. So so get out of that room if you're the smartest person in there and and really make sure that you're leveling up, getting out of your comfort zone like we talked about, and just, you know, bringing in more knowledge, more expertise into your your area. I love this, Stacy. So lastly, I know everyone's kind of eager for this question. What is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, a couple ways. So I have my own podcast called Business Rescue Roadmap. I do three episodes a week. And then my favorite place is by far my Level Up community, and that's the Facebook group. And you can go right to leveluptribe.com, and that'll take you right to the Facebook page. No opt-in required. It's just a free group. Or you can text the word Level Up. It's just one word to 24587. Nice. I yeah. love that. Multimedia. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I figured most so many people are on their, their phones now listening to podcasts, so it's good to have both options. Absolutely. And for those of you listening, if you missed all of that, you know, you can absolutely hit rewind and you can also find all the links and resources that Stacy shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. There is a blog post attached to this. And if you put Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y, her name will pop right up and you'll be able to find the post that goes along with this episode. And Stacy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, Jody, thank you so much. This has been thank such a pleasure. And thanks for all you do. I, I really enjoy listening to your show. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. 
We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.